The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, I'm joined in studio by Conor Faulkner, a transport commentator and CEO of the RIAC. A few things on our agenda. We were going to talk about new Bus Connects route. We'll do that again. Uh, we were also going to talk about robotic taxis and how they have failed miserably, some of them in the United States. But instead, we're going to talk about the Motor Insurance Bureau of Ireland. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about 16-year-olds being allowed to get a license. So, yeah. which, start with the 16-year-olds. We'll start with the 16-year-olds. And um, this is almost certainly not going to happen because it's just not a very good idea. But the basic idea is if you uh, restrict a car's speed to 45 kilometres per hour, would you let a 16-year-old drive it? Uh, The European Commission are floating the idea thinking about mobility in remote areas. It was actually trialled, or they tried to trial it in Finland a few years ago, um, but it's a really poor idea. Uh, Having a special speed limit for them gives you all sorts of practical enforcement difficulties. And then you're saying, should a 16-year-old year old be allowed to drive you know, a one and a half ton vehicle. Uh, I don't see a good reason why the answer to that should be yes. And it turns out neither do the Irish people because there's a survey result published today which shows that eight out of ten Irish people think it's a poor idea. Yeah. The only way you could make a case for it will be in and around um, mobility and access in remote areas. But even then it's not a very... Even then trying to... What's remote? It's a bit like the yeah. Dublin allowance for teachers. Where does Dublin exactly. begin and end? Yeah. So where does rural Ireland begin and end? Even, even if you thought it was a good idea in principle and I don't. But even if you did, uh, enforcing it practically becomes completely impossible. It, 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 it's just not yeah. worth the trouble. But is there I a case just to say, OK, let 16-year-olds uh, learn to drive and maybe have that end plate on for a longer period Yeah, until uh, they're 20 or whatever it might be? Or, or, or 15-year-olds or 14-year-olds or 13-year-olds where do you actually draw the line? And this has been debated up, down and sideways globally. And sort of broad consensus has drawn the line at 17. Um, you know, the voting age is 18. You could debate that too, perhaps. I mean, we're all only a day older than we were yesterday. Uh, but the line has to be drawn somewhere. And if you map it against risk, for example, I don't think you would reduce that line any younger than 17. OK. Uh, 18 before you can get a drink. So you could be driving a year before yeah, correct. you get a drink. Yeah, correct. Uh, yeah. One, one of those anomalies. But yeah. uh, as I say, those lines have to be drawn somewhere and every individual only gets one day older every day. So it's, the lines are always going to be a little bit arbitrary. OK, so you're against it. I'm against it. And so are the Irish people. So for once. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you looked into your own heart and found the I correct answer. I looked into answer. my own heart, yeah. yes, which saved me time on this one. Let's talk about what the MIBI are doing and, and what's different, what's changing. Yeah, this is actually a much bigger story and this is happening and it's really good news. MIBI is the Motor Insurance Bureau of Ireland. You may only ever hear of them if you're in an accident involving an uninsured driver. They foot the bill. But they're essentially funded by all the insurance companies. Now, what they've done is their entire database of every vehicle in Ireland that's insured, every insurance policy and every driver with their details, it's on that insurance policy, that is all now finally in one collected presentable database and from today shared with the Gardaí. Now, what that means is the Gardaí who've had automatic number plate recognition in their cars for years, but, you know, they could do nothing with the information. Now they can. It means the guards will immediately be able to see as soon as they see a registration number, whether that car is insured, what the insurance policy is and who's insured to drive it. Uh, And if it passes by and it's not insured, it'll ping and the guards can go after that driver. Really, really good news. We should have had it years ago. It's been a long time coming, um, but definitely to be welcomed Mm. today. And And, And this will be live in the sense that if I renew my policy or change insurer today, 
that by midnight tonight or by tomorrow morning, it'll be up to date. Yeah, they'll do a daily upload. So it's a real-time database, which is really, really useful. Um, Now, it should go a long way towards addressing our uninsured driver problem, which is really large. People wouldn't appreciate it. It's actually one in eight vehicles, sorry, it's 8%, one in 12 vehicles on the road are uninsured at any one time, which seems a crazy number. Now, in some cases, they're uninsured in a sense by accident. You know, a driver might be driving it who isn't actually on the fleet policy or this might happen or that might, or car might change ownership. But there's no doubt that there's people who are driving uninsured as a lifestyle choice and have been getting away. I mean, suppose I'm driving uh, a car with someone's permission. Yeah. Um, I might not uh, show up on the policy, but my own policy may allow me to drive any anyone else's car with their permission. That is a typical policy. It is a typical policy, provided the car in question has an insurance policy of its own. So you can't take your insurance policy and drive an uninsured car. There must be insurance paid on that car and then your policy allows you to drive it. So all of those nuances are there. And but I'm a bit confused about this because... I would have thought it's the driving that does the damage. You know, okay, the vehicle is the the, the machine that inflicts the pain, but it's the driver who gets the blame. Well, perhaps. So therefore, if I'm insured to drive anyone's car, it shouldn't matter whether it's a... a, a, I mean, for example, you take take a a car on a test drive, someone who's selling the car, and I'm insured to drive anyone's car with their permission, but because the person who owned the car has died in the last while or has gone to a nursing home, the insurance may have lapsed. It means I couldn't take that car around the block. There's an anomaly there. Uh, there is an anomaly there, but the general, but the rule as applied is that the car itself must have an insurance policy, uh, or, or, or so there must be an insurance policy that covers that car. And and if there is one, then your own, the terms of your own insurance policy, your open drive or whatever it is, would enable you to drive that car with the with the owner's permission. Um, and in any case, that all works fine in normal life, and it's not really what we're after the yeah. edge cases and anomalies. What we're after is the whole swathe of people, like 188,000 uninsured vehicles on Irish roads. Yeah. It's a crazy number. It should bring our policy down in price if this thing addresses the problem? Well, it, it won't fix the problem completely because, you know, water's going to find the leaks and the, you're never going to have perfect... But take, for example, the UK. Uh, the UK have had this system in place for a number of years now. Their rate of uninsured driving is half what ours is. Half what ours oh. is. So, you know, if that were to percolate through, you could be talking savings of 30, 40 euro per individual motor insurance policy. Okay. If this all worked well. Not to mention the fact that you're, you're addressing a cohort, you know, where there's bound to be other problems. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the data I'm sure would bear me out, but I would say law of averages, an uninsured car is oh. going to be a reckless car in all sorts Some of Some of the comments. Sharing insurance data, surely that violates GDPR rules. That's from Greg and Sutton. Well, it's been shared with the Gardaí and you sign up for it. I, I, you know, GDPR doesn't mean your data can't be shared. It can, can only be shared for a proper purpose with your permission. And that's baked into the insurance contract. Okay. Remember, you have a contract with the insurance company. You want money off them if, if you know, to honour their side, but it's part of the deal. Uh, I was in France at the weekend. 15-year-olds allowed to drive small two-seater Citroen cars. Speed is capped at 30 kilometres. It's a great idea. These are little town cars. Yeah, um, and you know, conceivably, and you were, we're, we've argued about e-scooters as well, and there'll be new types of technologies. There'll be autonomous little cars. And, uh, you a friend know, of mine was telling me there was one e-scooter he saw advertised for that does 80 kilometres an hour. Well, it, it, it can call it an e-scooter, but for tax insurance and road purposes, that will be treated as a motorbike, and you'll have to follow all motorbikes. 
motorbike rules. All right. Uh, don't 16-year-olds drive much larger silage tractors and trailers? They do. They're licensed. To, they can be licensed to drive farm equipment. And that Irish thing is a very much a practical and still part of rural country life, people working on the farm. You know, young adults will work with farm machinery, which is a damn sight more dangerous than a domestic car. And they will do that from, you know, as... as as, as they go through teenage years, that's part of life. And farm safety is massively important in its own mm. right, but it's not really a road safety thing. Mm. Final couple of com- comments. The carnage we see daily on our roads is caused mostly by young drivers, many of whom are over the drink limit. Imagine knowing this, they want to reduce the driving age. Another one, I started to, l- to learn how to drive at 13 on my family farm. By 15, I was fairly competent. However, I definitely wasn't mature enough to actually drive on the public roads. Mm. 17 is a good age for a licence, but learn Learning general road skills earlier uh, gives you a good foundation. And many people do learn in the backfield. Yeah, they do. Um, and not just farming families. I mean, rural families generally. Very, very common thing. Right of passage. The dad taught me how to drive in the family car at the age of 13, 14. And, you know, that's it's it's a rite of passage. So we have to have rules about, the you know, the lessons you've got to do and the things you've got to do before you can actually be fully licensed. And I don't think there's anything wrong generally with our set of rules where we fall down is enforcing them and monitoring them. But but I, there are things there that I wouldn't be in a hurry to change, like the actual driving age. Transport commentator, CEO of the RIAC, Conor Vaughan, and thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance, weekdays at nine a.m. on News Talk.